Today we're going to continue with Matthew 6. I hope everybody is up to date with what happened and what we spoke about in Matthew 6. And I'm just going to touch on certain things in Matthew 6 today, continue on what we, we ended off. I'm not going to go in all detail with Matthew 6. It's just something specific that I want to touch in this. So last week we spoke about Matthew 6 and we said that if you look at Matthew 6, the whole of Matthew 6, remember we spoke about the, the believers pray Matthew 6. And we said that Matthew 6 has to do with your motives. Matthew 6 has a lot to do with your motives. What do you choose? How do you function? Um, we said that you should not be the focus uh, in all of these things. That the Lord should be the focus. Because if we, we, if we are the ones placing focus on us, it takes the Lord out of the equation. So... Matthew 6 has got a lot to do with you not being the focus, the forefront of everything, taking yourself out of it. And unfortunately, we see a lot of that in religion, where religion places the focus on man and him being the, the main one and or standing in front or whatever the case may be. But here in Matthew 6, we see it actually works the other way around. We should not function or be in the forefront um, at all. So we started when we spoke about Matthew 6 and then we went to the inner room. What we said, what does that mean? The inner room, the place of intimacy, where we go, the closet. And we said it's not a meaning that you have to build your own closet or prayer room or make one of your rooms a prayer room. That's not what that scripture means. A lot of people do that and that's fine, but that's not what that scripture means. But there's nothing wrong with having a prayer room. I've had prayer rooms before in my houses and I enjoyed a lot of time in those prayer rooms. I will still have a prayer room if I've got a place to do it in that sense, but... That's not what that scripture means. It talks about intimacy with the Father when you go into that secret place. That's what that room speaks about when we read about it. So we, we ended off when we spoke about uh, where in Matthew 6, God gives mammon. You know, he says you cannot serve God and mammon. So we ended off last week where, where I said that he gives money the status of a God. That's the only other thing he gives you to choose. He never gives you a choice when it comes to God. He says there's only one God and you can only do it that way. He never gives you a choice between two gods that you can choose. You will always just go and say there's only one way and that's God, Jesus Christ. But here we see that he says, listen, Mammon, you can serve him as well. He gives him the status of a God for Mammon. And that shows you the, the importance and the significance about Mammon, that it plays such a huge role in our lives uh, in the wrong way. And, and that God will, will highlight this for us to see how big a role Mammon can play. All right, so we ended off there, and I want to continue from there onwards today with what we spoke about. With, and I'm going to continue with Mammon just to end it off with, I don't want to go there last week because we were running out of time, but I just want to read you Matthew 6 verse 24 as we continue with Matthew 6. It's the next thing. It says there, um, No man can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I said you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Okay. Those are hard words for us today, if you really know what it's saying there. If we bring that to today, to 2020, uh, we can add in that, 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 that we said there, that what you drive and what you wear and where you stay, which were not a problem back there. But today, those things are very relevant. What you drive, where you stay, uh, what, all those things play a huge role today. We can add that to, those, to that scripture, to Matthew 6.25. Um, and the problem is that we have today, society, unfortunately, literally forces us to follow these things. We get pressurized in the world today to follow these things. Um, like I just said, what to drive, where to stay, what to eat. We get so pushed in that direction and it's difficult sometimes to stand in that because these choices that we have to make, um, most of the time are not God's choices in those areas. It's yours. And you are choosing that out of what we read in Matthew there, in Matthew 6 there. 
Um, I said that your family expects certain things from you. That's why you get pushed to do certain, make certain choices. Like I said, what you eat, drive, where you stay, your family, something expects you to stay in a certain place, drive a certain car, act in a certain way. Your friends might be the ones pushing you in that direction. And your co-workers expect you certain things where you where you live or where you where you operate in the way. So let's put it this way. Sometimes we're in a profession where the profession dictates where you must stay, in what suburb you must stay. You cannot stay there because then you don't have the right image for the company or whatever the case may be. You see these, I'm giving you these practical examples of what I said. Now we get forced sometimes into into making the choices that's not godly choices and i mean god doesn't care where you stay you can you can put you in the best places or in, in, in a bad place that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about how do you get there are you forced because of where you are is, is a problem for you like we spoke last week of matthew 6 or is it god that's leading you to that place that's where you must see the difference between it, between the two remember matthew 6 says uh, what motivates you to make these choices what motivates you when you make the choices is it fear for tomorrow are you worried about tomorrow that's why you're making choices is that one of the things or what people think is that what is pushing you to make choices what motivates you think for, for a second what motivates you when you make choices when you buy a car what motivates you is it to look cool for the people or is it a practical vehicle that you need for whatever you're doing I mean, look in the natural. What if a plumber, let's take Willy. What if Willy goes and buys himself a Porsche and he, he's working from his Porsche? If he puts his tools in his Porsche, that would not make sense. Okay? To that day, practically he needs a bucky. So he makes his choice out of what he needs out of his business in, in, in the worldly system. And in the spiritual side, we must be exactly the same. What we choose must be what we need and, and are told to buy through what we live in the natural and the spiritual it must be hand in hand these choices it must be from god otherwise it mustn't be from what you want out of this all right so i hope you understand what i'm saying there um sometimes we are we are anxious about what we what we what we wear these days a lot of times we are uh, what we must eat drink so look at the motives why are you doing it there's nothing wrong with wearing brand clothing but what's the motive of wearing brand clothing? Are you buying it because it's a good quality and you know it's going to last you longer? Or are you buying it because you want to be in? Right? Nothing wrong with buying brand clothing. I would buy brand clothing. If I can get it for a good price, I will buy it because I know it's going to last me longer than my Mr. Price t-shirt. But what is your motive when you buy this stuff? Your shoes. What's your motive? Are you buying it because it's going to last you longer or are you buying it because you... You want to be in, okay? Let's continue with verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies in the field, how they grow. They neither toil or nor spin, okay? If we look at the flowers in your garden, if you look in your garden, you have flowers there. We tend to think that we look after them. Okay, you give them water, more water maybe than what nature is giving it or you're giving it, putting uh, some stuff in the soil. You are attending to these flowers. But when we read here, it says here in Matthew 6, They toil not, neither do they spin. In Afrikaans, it's a la arbeinina, a spinning. Okay, so we tend to worry about the day of tomorrow. We, we, we as people plan ahead and then we work hard according to that plan that we have and a lot of time what happens is the people get drained and they get tired i think we all can relate to that we've seen we either are, are, are doing it or we've seen people doing it they plan so far ahead for their retirement or whatever the case may be or for whatever they want so they work 24 7 to get to that place which all sounds good but what is actually happening is they're getting tired they're going to burn out getting there because they're chasing that thing in front and they're not living like the word says day by day and that's sometimes where we get this problem and that's why the lily it says they do not toil neither do they spin 
you see it's a totally different way of doing things that this lily that he's saying is, is functioning under than what we do as man um, so in Matthew 6 you can see it this way there's more or less two ways of living if you look at Matthew 6 um, we can live being driven by worries and fear that's the one way you would see we can live by being driven by worries and fears I mean a lot of us function a lot out of worries and fears especially the women the wives you you because you're emotional you sometimes worry way more than us as men and then you don't understand why we can be so not maybe so worried about certain things because of your the way you are made but just to show you that that's not always right there's nothing wrong to be aware of what's going on but it's how are you functioning as this person having to deal with with planning ahead but not making that your focus because you don't need to the lily didn't need to do that the lily would look beautiful by just being there and allowing god to do what god does with the lily the lily doesn't have to toil and do things like we want to do we are a kind of a shadow of what the lily is happening with the lily if you if you we will see as we continue today so the question is do you are you driven by worries or fear because if we live by worries or what i shall eat so that's one of the things that you said or drink or wear if you are functioning in that way you should know that the world is actually your boss the one dictating to you what to do or the second way we can live in Matthew 6 that it says is or live under the rulership of the Holy Spirit. That's the next one. So it's either the world or the Holy Spirit. You can choose under which one's guidance you, you live. Uh, and if you choose the Holy Spirit to live under His guidance, you will still dress neatly. Um, you will still act godly. You will be loving and caring for people. You will still do that. You will still wear brand clothing. Because your focus is not there. That would not matter. But you will still wear it because of the quality of the clothes. Or whatever the case may be. Alright. I'm not saying because we sometimes get this religious spirit that tells people they should look poor when they're Christian. We've got this poor mentality. Which is not, not correct. Alright. That's not what it's about. But, I mean, if you live under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you will still um, take people's feelings into consideration when functioning under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When you minister to people, you will still ask the Holy Spirit how to minister. Let me give you an example. We've seen it in discipleship. Um, if you get somebody that's, let's say, for instance, they come out of a Reformed church. Do you go in and, and tell them they must speak in tongues now, they must do this and they must do this and they must do that and you give them the whole list of what must we do to become a disciple? Uh, do you do it that way? So you know they've got to get baptized, they've got to speak in tongues and, and if you don't, so I've got to get you today to do those things. You've got, to, you've got to pray in tongues today. That person has never thought of praying in tongues and now you're pushing this down their throat to pray in tongues and he comes out of a reformed church or she comes out of a reformed church guess what they're not going to speak in tongues because if i can guarantee if you listen to the holy spirit he will first get you to connect with that person on a level see where they are talk to them build a relationship with them and out of that eventually you can work with them to get them baptized and they will speak in tongues maybe or whatever the case may be but you don't go in blindly because you've got a set of things that must be done and you just go to the person and say, this is what we need to do, let's do it. That's not under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That person will never change. The Holy Spirit would, would let you do those things, but with each person in a different approach because they come from different backgrounds. If somebody's out of a Pentecostal background, you will do it differently than somebody that's out of a Reformed background, being led by the Holy Spirit. You don't go push your, your, your steps down somebody's throat. That will chase them away. They will not they will not turn, they will rather run away then from you. So that's what I'm saying by choosing to be under the rulership of the Holy Spirit. So I said that you are not stupid when you are a lily. If I'm a, a lily Christian, that is what you should radiate, that should come out of you if you're a lily Christian. Okay? 
that is what comes out of you. We said it before, that that will radiate out of you will come from where you were in the inner room. Whatever happened in the inner room when you close the door will, when you step outside, radiate from you. That's that lily, what we spoke about earlier. It will show that you were impregnated, you received life in there. If you're impregnated, you received life. When you step out of that in your workplace and in town, or at your home as your wife or as husband, that will radiate out of you that you received life there. All right. I, I highlighted this, and this you must really, truly understand. I said here, I live through my relationship and not through my beliefs. Okay, remember this. This is what relationship is about. You live through your relationship with Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit, and not through your belief system, your interpretation of what the Bible is saying, because it might be wrong. Okay? If you listen to the Holy Spirit and you work through that way, you will make way less mistakes. Way than what you think the Bible is saying, because you interpret it, or your, your, your group interprets a scripture this way, so you are functioning this way. Okay? So, I don't live and you should not live according to the world's norm. We should not live that way. Um, if we look at what is presented to us in social media, um, if, you, if you look at social media and you're unhappy with yourself, maybe, you're unhappy um, with what you wear, with your hairstyle, your, you will see new methods of dieting. If you look at social media, they will say, diet this way now, this is the new way of doing it, because all the others have failed, so this is a new way. So you will look at all these things on, on, in the media that will, will always make you feel you're not there. You're not wearing this. You're not ha you don't have this makeup. This makeup that looks, you, that looks so beautiful, you don't have the money to buy that. So you don't have these branded clothes, maybe, or these bags that that is out there so we have all these things that we are bombarded with in media of what what's out there so i mean look at men i've spoken about the men look at what is what is men being bombarded do these exercises and use these shakes and then your body will be ripped huh? the men the, the youngsters are, are are loving that stuff and they're looking at all that in media and then they're buying all these products like the women are buying makeup and dresses or whatever the case may be. We're all guilty in that, in that area. So by choosing those things, you are saying, who's your boss? Who's your manager? Who's controlling you? When you buy these things out of the wrong heart, there's nothing wrong with buying makeup and beautiful dresses and all that. It's what is motivating you to buy that. And I can see a lot of time when I look at people, it's the world. Is motivating them to to buy these stuff and it's not because they want it or want to enjoy this something they buy um, it's the world pushing in that way they're choosing the world's way of, of, of purchasing stuff so I mean if we, if, we, if we look at what I said about the body if you are a lily Christian you function as a lily by trusting the Lord to make you grow and look beautiful if you are a lily Christian you will also still look after your body. You will still, you'll be stupid if you don't do that. I mean, that's what a lot of us struggle with. Why do we go on diets and exercise and all that? Just to look after our bodies. The Bible says your body is God's temple. You'll be stupid if you don't do that. But it's not your focus. You don't do that so that the people will look at your body because you are, you've got muscles now. All right, that's a world thing because when we were young, it wasn't like that, as it's today. It's a fashion that came in and they're pushing this thing because there's money behind it. So why are you choosing this? There's nothing wrong with looking healthy and all that, but why are you choosing it? So I want to show you more or less how to bring this inner room relationship to the lily. Why are the two connected? Why are they both in Matthew 6? Why are they starting with the inner room Showing you your motives in Matthew 6 as Jesus explained this to the people and then it ends up with a lily at the end of the day. Why is he saying it that way? There must be a reason behind it. So if we want to look at the lily, let's read from Song of Solomons. Uh, and Song of Solomons, I'm just going to say this. Um, 
for me, it's a book between the bride and the bridegroom, you and the Lord, Jesus Christ. It's not so much a book between husband and wife. There's places that you can relate to husband and wife. But if you truly read the book, you would see there's so much spiritual insight into this book. Deep, deep spiritual insight. For me, it's about bride and bridegroom, not husband and wife, as some people choose to, to, to teach on that book. So, uh, also, uh, Song of Solomon's is not a pornographic book because of things that it says there. Because a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it's quite literal in certain areas. Alright, it's not what it's about this book, Song of Solomon. So, when we read in Song of Solomon's 1, we read in verse 1 that the bride and the groom is talking to one another. It says the following, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. I think we've, we've spoken about this verse before. Verse 3, Because of the savour of the good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. And draw me, we will run after thee. Remember who's speaking here. Draw me, we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into the chambers. He will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. Alright. Look at what it's saying there in verse 4. Draw me. In Afrikaans, track me. Draw me. So here's a key if you look, if you see what it's saying there in, in that verse. Um, who's, who's he talking about here? The king. Okay. What is Ephesians 1 verse 10 says? He wants everything under his rulership. He's the head of the body. Okay. Jesus is the head of the body. He's our king. Our Lord and king. Um, so when you go into the inner room, there's only one thing you should you should really focus on, and that is the king. You want the king, okay? Uh, so for what you're praying, if you're praying in the inner room, you're praying for, like we read last week, his kingdom to come in this earth. Remember, we spoke about that last week. So when you're in the inner room, you're praying towards this king that are drawing you in, like we read here in verse 4 of Song of Solomon's. And what it says there, for his kingdom and it's only the king that can give you the kingdom. Okay? The two cannot be divided. You can't have them separately. The king will bring you the kingdom. You seek the king, him being the head, when you go into the inner room. So when you go into your inner room, when you go and pray to, in that quiet place where you sit and talk to the Lord, you must know that the king is drawing you closer. That's why he takes you in there. That's why you go there. Because he's going to draw you closer to you when you go in there. Because if you see him in the bridal room, in the inner room, you become like him. It says that in the word. When we see him, we become, it says in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. But we all with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the spirit of the Lord. When we see him face to face, we become like him. Um, we've all heard this, that they would even say in, in the natural, when a husband and a wife are married for 30, 40 years, they start looking like one another. I think we've all heard that. Huh? It's, a, it's a, something that happens that we don't know why. But it happens in the natural also sometimes. And that's what the scripture is saying here when we, we, we are face to face with the Lord in the inner room, when we seek him and he's drawing us closer we become what we behold. Okay? So in the inner room, you exchange your glory for God's glory. That's what it's saying there. You are exchanging your glory for God's glory. God did give man glory. We also have a, some glory that He's given us. It says that in Psalm 8. We read verse 5. Psalm 8 verse 5. For thou hast made him a little lower than angels. Some translations would say, um, godly in Afrikaans okay so for thou hast made him a little lower than angels and has crowned him with glory and honor in the amplified it says yet you have made him but a little that him is us man 
a little lower than God. So we are made a little lower than God or heavenly beings. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. Okay. So in the inner room, do you exchange your honor and your glory for God's honor and God's glory? All right. That's what's happening. I want you to see when you go into the inner room, when you pray for Father, what should happen there? Remember last week we spoke about the grocery list. Don't go with the grocery list in there. That's not relationship. You don't do that. When you go into the inner room, it's about intimacy. That's why I'm giving you all these stuff so you can know when you go into the inner room how to pray. Because we've lost the ability to pray. Because we pray with a grossiness and not with intimacy. Okay. And if we look at what I've just said, who is God's honor and glory? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's honor, honor and glory. So you pray so that you can portray Jesus Christ's image. You become like Him. Jesus Christ. We spoke about that. So... Sometimes in, in life, where we are in work or wherever, we have a co-worker there that's difficult. And that co-worker, like we said last week, is busy chiseling away everything of you that is not a horse. Remember we spoke about the horse that I said, Umyani gave the example of, where they took this rock and the guy chiseled out and he said he just chiseled everything that's not a horse off and the horse came out of the rock. And sometimes we have a co-worker or colleague or a family member that, that's that one chiseling you and you don't realize that they're chiseling away a bit of you that's not you. So that you can be visible. And we think, oh, this is the enemy attacking me again here. No, it's God and there's some areas in your life still that needs to be chiseled away. And God's just showing you there's stuff that needs to get taken out that's, that should not be there. And he does that sometimes through a co-worker, through a family member, all right? So you might think you are all okay, and then you see, ooh, there's still something here that needs to be chiseled away, which is not a horse, okay? You see here, the king is drawing us into this, into the inner room. I said, you cannot be a lily if you don't have an inner room relationship. You cannot be a lily if you don't have that relationship. If you don't have, if you don't go to that inner place, if you go to anything else, you will see the world will be your ruler. You will not function as a lily without toiling and, and spinning. Alright. You would rather listen to what YouTube is saying to you. Buy this clothes, that car. Invest your money here. Tell you this is the best to eat. Why do you think are all the people becoming vegans and stuff? Because of social media. So many people are changing to veganism and all this stuff because of social media. The women are wearing less clothes. Why? Because of social media, they're making it acceptable and as the norm. That's why the women are doing that. Alright? Men are bulking up. Why? Because social media is presenting that to them. And they're following the wall. They think it's cool to do it that way. Then I'm in the in crowd. So, but if you have an inner room relationship, you will live according to the king's rulership. Remember what I said? He's the head. You will live and function according to the king's rulership. He's your king and he will rule through you. And that's why you won't get affected by the worldly stuff. Okay, You can choose then not to choose those things. Now in, in, in verse 4 in chapter 2 of Song of Solomon, he tells us something of this inner chamber that is very valuable and special. He says, he brought me to the banquet house and his banner over me was love. Now that banquet house, in some translations, what it actually is, is a wine house, a wine house, a wine house. And he's saying, he brought me to a banquet house, so is the Lord taking you to go drink? Is that what he's saying there? If you read it in the natural, that's what it's saying there. But of course we know that's not what it's about. What did we say? What is wine? Why does there always reference to wine in the Bible? Because wine brings you under the influence. We spoke about this before. When we drink wine... We are under the influence. So, why is he saying this? Why is he bringing his bride into the wine house? Because he wants her to be under his influence, being the head, being the king, the ruler. He wants her to be under his influence. Because what does the wine do? It brings you under that influence. Alright? Ephesians 5, 18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. 
all right? That's how it brings you under that influence. Also, on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, it says, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Okay? Peter says, They are not drunk. All right? He says, That is what Joel prophesied. So, both those cases, his wine showed as that it's got an influence and the Spirit has got the same. It brings you under the influence of the Holy Spirit. All right? So, that's why he's saying he's bringing his bride under his influence. All right? So if you basically go into the inner room and you walk out of the inner room, you should walk like a drunk person in two rows because that will show that you had intimacy, that you under his influence now. Okay, under the Spirit's influence. I'm not talking literally, okay, walking in two rows. You understand what I'm saying? If you drink wine, you will walk two rows. But when you're under influence, you should inside be like the same as that because you were influenced. So I'm just saying that so you can see that everything the Bible's got a meaning. Don't go just for the literal because then it doesn't make sense because then he wants to get you drunk. Okay, that's not the, the why the Lord wants you there to be drunk. Okay, so we know when someone is under the influence of wine, it's actually the wine talking, not the person. We've all seen somebody that's drunk. Eh? It's not them actually talking, it's the wine talking. Their actions actually what they are doing is more or less what the wine are telling them to do. Right, because they're under that influence, so they're listening to that. Right, and a lily is always under the influence of the Holy Spirit. A lily should always be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Um, let me give you a practical example. When somebody wants to bake a cake, they will follow the recipe for the first time to the T, everything, or you want to make a dish, uh, cook something. You will follow each and every little thing to the T. On the recipe uh, because you're scared you're gonna make a mistake you will watch YouTube clips you will follow the books and just to make this dish or this cake perfectly but have you noticed when you do that when you bake that cake or make that dish the second or third time you don't follow those instructions so diligently like you did in the beginning why because practical experience is now in, in, in play you've done this a couple of times practically and now you've got the experience you can look at that all through life um, let's look at somebody Monique's got a baby everything Monique will do now she will do according to what she gets taught by people or she will see it on YouTube or whatever it's going to be to be the best mom she can be for a baby get guidance and stuff there but I guarantee you when the second baby comes she's going to do everything out of the practical experience she's built up now she will not read so much things or, or, or look at it because there will be practical experience now and there all right, that's how we do. We all did it that way. When we all had babies, we all listened to everything. Uh, but then when the second one comes, it's way easier most of the times because we've done it before. That practical experience kicks in. Okay. So that mom then or that that, that cook is, 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 is basically under the influence of her experience that she's done this. Uh, knowing how to do this, not listening to others anymore. Okay, she's listening from this experience that she's walked in now. She doesn't have to go read or anything about that now anymore. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I said here, you cannot be, you cannot raise children if you don't have an inner room relationship. If you're a mom and a dad, you cannot raise children properly these days if you don't have an inner room relationship. You cannot be married today if you don't have an inner room relationship. Your marriage will struggle. Both, both parties. It's not always just the one. It's always both. We always tend to look at the other one, but it's both. You have to have that time with the Lord where you're seeking intimacy. How can you have intimacy with, with your husband or wife if you don't have intimacy with the Lord? Something to think about for the grown-ups. And the other way around. It walks hand in hand. All right? Next verse, I want to read this Psalm of Solomon 2, verse 1, the next one. It says here, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Now, there's two opinions over this in mainstream thinking of this verse. All right. The one is that she, the bride, the is speaking and she thinks that she's not she's just a normal flower that's why she's saying i'm a rose of shadow a lily of the valley she's just saying that uh, saying i'm just a normal flower all right and that's how a lot of us sometimes think eh? because we just see ourselves as 
something most of the time even negative we 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 see ourselves as as, as many it's the same as all the others okay so that some people say that's why that verse is written that way um this lily that is spoken here in this verse is like a type of orchard uh orchidea that's why i sent you the photo yesterday specifically so that you can see the type of lily that is mentioned there do you see that's not a normal lily on that image that i put on the group because i know sometimes people think of a lily as what we think of a normal lily and that lily that they're speaking about here is not a normal lily okay so that's why i sometimes struggle to i don't agree with this this way of thinking that this bride is just thinking she's a normal flower like all the others because i know this lily is not a normal lily like the mainstream lilies that you find uh, a lot of in back in those days a lot of the flowers that, that grew out there in the fields were normal lilies they were common and all over the place but the lilies in the valley were this specific lily this lily that they're speaking about here is not a normal lily it, they only grew in the valleys all right so that you see why i don't agree with the statement that they say this is somebody just saying they are normal lily like all the others that that, that, that mainstream way of thinking is but um we need to realize we are not just another flower another lily each and every one of you are very special to god in where you are and we really really need to realize this that god specifically loves each and every one of us in a specific way not more than the other but in a in a different way each of us are loved by the lord and we need to know that Otherwise, we're going to struggle to, to find peace and happiness and joy in your heart when you walk in this world. And I, I've, I put it this way. I said to you, and I really want you to listen. If God, if you were the only person alive on planet Earth today, God, Jesus, will still go to the cross just for you. That's how much He loves you. Because we sometimes think there's so many people who went to the cross as you're just in the mix i'm telling you he loves you that much that if you were the only living being on this earth he will still go to the cross just for you let that think about that for a second that's how he thinks about you we've got this wrong mentality when we when we think about what the lord how he feels about us and, and how he he looks at us you would still go to the cross if it was only just for you you were on his mind the bible says that day all right you are his property he specifically loves you in such a way all right the second opinion is that this is the bridegroom talking right the first one they say it's the bride talking and she's saying she's just a normal flower like all the other flowers in the field i tend to agree more with the second opinion where it says it's the bridegroom speaking here and i tend to support more this this way because the reason why I think the second opinion is more true is because we, as we've seen in the past when we look at stuff, we cannot live like a lily if the lily is not living in us. Okay? Because we become like the one we are we, we're following. Alright? Look at what verse 2 is saying of Song of Solomon 2 verse 2. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And he's saying, um, remember this is the bridegroom talking in this, this way of looking at it. It's him talking and he's saying, as the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. So what does he say? God takes you and puts you in his garden um, and it never gets hot there. It's always rainy there. And he puts you in this nice, beautiful place where it's the best and you don't have any problems. Is that what he's saying there? If we read that verse, it says, As the lily amongst thorns. You see, it's not what we always sometimes tend to preach and think and believe. He places you amongst thorns, this lily. I don't know if you ever read that, that, that saying it there. Or we just read it and we don't realize what we're reading there. All right, he places you amongst thorns, he says there. Why? 
Think about it. And it's the same thing we've been discussing, if you look at it, the whole, whole of Matthew 6. Why? He's giving you choices here. The whole of Matthew 6, I said, you're choosing. By what are you functioning? How are you living? Are you choosing the world? Or are you choosing Him? Are you choosing Mammon? Or are you choosing God? He's giving you these choices the whole time. Am I going according to the world? Or according... If I go according to the world, it's Mammon. And if I go according to the Holy Spirit, He guides me. Which one are you choosing here? The lily or the thorns? Where He places He can place He places you there. Alright? Am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to guide me? Influence me? Wine? Am I allowing to be influenced by the Holy Spirit? The wine that we read about now? Or am I going to allow that the world dictate to me what to drink and where and where to stay? Okay? So Matthew 6 is about what is motivating you to make these choices. So, even if we look at it in a practical way today, in where we stay now, in our country, in the world, God has given each and every one of us talents, things that we are better than in areas than others, okay? There's nothing wrong with, with, with operating through your talents. The thing is, what Matthew 6 is saying is, why, what is the motive for you using your talents? These are all godly talents. So are you, are you using your godly talents for, for money and prestige? Because if you do that, you will have problems. Because he's giving you the choice, like I just said. Or is he, are you using that extraordinary talent that God is giving you uh, to apply to him, his kingdom, what it was meant for? Because a lot of us, when we have these talents, these abilities to be good businessmen, have a thriving business because we, we're good at it. We've got that talent. But then we, we choose Mammon. We serve Him. Everything we own must become bigger and bigger and bigger and better. We don't give money to the kingdom of God. And when we do give money to the kingdom of God, it's a lot of times because we want to be seen. Where those talents were given so that your business can grow, so that you can serve through that, the kingdom of God with your finances, where you're not willing to stand in front and talk, but you can support people that are doing that, which has got that role to play, where you have got the role and the ability through the Lord to make money. The choice is yours. What are you going to do with it, with that money? So to better you in riches or to help the kingdom. All right. That's what it comes down to. The choices in Matthew 6. So who's your, who's your boss? Mammon or the Lord? You, you choose in everything you do. So, Father wants you to see, it's a lily or the thorns, it's there. He wants you to be a lily in your community, in your town, in your job. He wants you to be a lily there. That's his role. That's what he wants from you. When you're out there, you should be a lily. I said here, I'm going to maybe touch on more stuff later, but I just said here, when we, I'm going to finish off here. There is two characteristics that you can look at a lily that, that's relevant for us today. Um, one of them, uh, those lilies have got a wonderful fragrance when you smell them. They, they said to have the most wonderful fragrance, these lilies, that, were, that grow, grew in the valley. Um, it had a very strong smell, those lilies. So why am I saying that? What does the Bible say about that? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 15, For we are the aroma of Christ. We, you, are the aroma of Christ. To God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Do you see what influence you bring? And if he says you are aroma, that doesn't mean you are saying stuff to influence the being saved and the ones perishing. Uh, aroma doesn't say anything. You smell it. You pick it up. That's why it's like a lily. It's got a certain beautiful certain smell that you pick up so when you walk outside in your workplace when you go sit and eat a burger at wimpy or mcdonald's what aroma is coming out of you is it one of the lily or is it the thorns you choose because what's motivating you the world or the lord in everything you do what car you drive what house you stay in what clothes you wear 
what are motivating you? Are you worried about what am I going to eat next month? Are there going to be money next month to eat? All those things, which are really relevant things that we, we struggle with today. I'm not making out that the one has got victory over all of this. We don't have that all. But I'm just saying those are the things that we are struggling with. So wherever you go, you, you, you radiate this, this, this fragrance and it should be the one of the lily. And the lily, remember, the lily is not toiling, doing anything. Okay? It's not like us. This, uh, I said, yeah, nothing that you say makes you a Christian. It's what you live that makes you a Christian. Alright? It's what you are, who you are, that makes you a Christian. That's what radiates, not what you say to people. We've all heard people saying all these beautiful Christian things and they act like the world. It breaks off immediately everything that you thought they might have had in the Christian walk or whatever. Your actions speak louder than words. That's so true. Alright. The second thing, um, this lily was white. They are white. In other words, they are pure. They are pure white. Why am I saying that? If something is pure and clean according to the Bible, the Bible says it is washed by the blood of Jesus. It's those lilies that you and I should be because we become like the lily, which is the Lord in that verse, are washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Something interesting, I don't know if you, if you tried to count the leaves in that image that I gave you. Ooh, thought further. Some of us might have been late. They will know what I'm talking about. They don't know why I put that image on there. I did it for a reason. But the, the leaves on a lily, there is six leaves on that flower. On those lilies. Six. But the six the number of? Man. We were made on the sixth day. So each of us as people are washed with the blood of the Lamb. Which makes us, the Lamb makes us, white, holy, pure. Alright? Our lifestyles should be different to other people's lifestyle. We do not act, we do not do things the way others do. That's why I'm so... Sometimes emphasizing on what are we doing? Are we doing it um, for the Lord or are we following man? Are we investing our money? Let's take an example. We spoke about it a while ago about all these people are trading money online. Are we doing it because everybody's doing it or are we doing it because the Lord told us to do that? That's one of the big things that people are running with now when we talk about money, memon. And I know the people running after that type of way of making money are listening to memon. I'm sorry, it is. we've spoken about this before in this. Alright, so think about it. Um, our lifestyle is different. We don't follow, we listen to the Holy Spirit. We make choices according to our King, the ruler of our kingdom that we want to live in. We have been washed with the blood of the Lamb. I've said a lot of things now in this Matthew 6, and I want you to see the focus here. Matthew 6 is about intimacy to see who motivates you when you're in that in intimate place. What motivates you? The world or the Lord? To make these choices in your daily life. When you go in your inner room to pray. When you pray to the Lord. Is it Lord, let me make more money on my investment. Lord, I've got to buy a new car. Let me sell my car for a good price. You see, all those things. We focus on those things where it should be about intimacy when we go into the inner room. Just seeking Him. Go read Matthew 6 verse 33. Just seeking Him. The rest will come. Don't pray about the rest. And only seek Him when things go good or it's happening in the way you want it to happen. You seek Him. The rest, like the lily, will fall in place. Because the lily doesn't have to do that. He does it for you. If you're a lily. You see where Matthew 6 comes out of? Matthew 6.33? Is that lily? It comes from there. Alright? I'm of the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Alright? The 
Rose is a total different topic to go into the Rose of Sharon there. There's also something totally different to talk about that. I'm not going to go there now. But I want you to see how are you functioning. Because I remember I'm giving you this stuff to do. You've got to live this. You can't, this is not a teaching so you can just think, oh, well, Lily's beautiful. It's about knowing what it stands for. And that's what you should stand for. And I should stand for when we're outside. When we are at a place and, and, and the Lord puts us at a place, what do we do there? I spoke to somebody recently that they had to end up in hospital. And this person tells me how beautiful it is when he got in hospital and he was in a place in a room with just him and another person. And how he could start sharing the Lord with that person. You didn't fight, why am I here in the hospital? And he's there for bad things, very bad things. Things that can kill you. But what did he do? He started sharing the Lord with the person on the officer's bed. A lily. That's the nature of a lily. He knows he's washed with the blood. Doesn't matter what happens. He's washed with the blood. Right? That's what a lily's about. Is know who you are. You're white, pure, made pure by His blood. Not yours. And you seek intimacy so that you can become pregnant. You can have that life inside of you. That lily inside of you. That life, what it represents. That flower. That's why that flower gets depicted in a certain way of Jesus Christ in your Bible. I, I will see how things go this week. I might carry on with some stuff of the lily next week. I will see. Um, but the main thing for you here to realize is it's a way of living the lily. We don't toil or work in, in, in the way that we think. Because we think working and toiling is worrying about tomorrow. Saving up enough money, enough food for tomorrow. I think of everything we should see that doesn't work now, especially in the time we now with the, with the pandemic going on, it doesn't work. If you've saved up for this pandemic, I'll guarantee your food will be finished by now. And you will see, oops, now what now? If you haven't got a job, what now? If your job is still not up or you lost your job with business closed like a lot of them, you will see that way of thinking that the world tells you is the way to think it didn't work. It's not working. A lot of people paid for their pension funds and now they can't because they, they lost their job. That worry for, for, for retirement has been taken away now. Now, it's gonna, if, they don't, if they're not a lily, it's going to go from bad to worse now, their worries. Because their focus is not the Lord. Alright, so it's truly a way of living to understand the lily and how it functions. Allowing the Lord to work with, through you. And, and to mold you into this beautiful, smelling, looking flower so that others would see it. Alright?